Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Hey everyone. In this episode, we are going to talk about all the considerations in order for you to deliver proper home care instructions to your patients. There's lots of elements that are used in providing good instruction to your patient, meeting them where they are, understanding what their needs are, and then developing a prevention plan for them to help them prevent periodontal disease or caries or if they have periodontal disease or are experiencing areas of decay, how are we going to help them move into an area of stabilization? So in your last semesters, you learned about periodontal disease and dental caries. You also learned about different topical medicaments that we can use, things like fluoride, mouth rinses, different types of toothbrushing and appropriate toothbrushing techniques for different scenarios. So now that you have this baseline knowledge and understanding of the different preventive agents and the different ways to help prevent or control disease in the oral cavity, now let's develop some of your skills on education and counseling techniques based on your patient's needs. It's all about understanding your patient and communicating in a way that they understand, not necessarily how you understand information, but how they understand information. So that's what we're going to talk about. What can I say? Humans are complicated. In your journey to become a hygienist, you will learn all about motivational interviewing, the elements of good instruction, how to handle patients that have dental phobias and anxiety, and how to work with patients of all different ages. These things, these are kind of big things, and they require a lot of skills. The more you learn about how to interact with your patient to walk them through the process to better health, the better you'll get at things. I promise you communication is just like anything else. It is a skill that you have to develop. Things are going to feel clunky at first when you're talking with your patient, especially in your early semesters if you're talking with some of your own family members. It's hard to feel like you are the expert and that your family member is someone that is going to take your instruction. But I promise you, as you develop your habits and work through the different types of individuals that you are closer with, you will get better at things like role playing and delivering elements of instruction to your patients in a way that suits the patient's needs, but more importantly, walks them through the process of better home care. I want you to first think about some of the big key elements and steps involved in guiding a patient through the process of improving their oral health status with their self-care at home. There are some important things that you need to keep in mind. And one of the things is motivation. How do we motivate our patients to change? They have to first understand what the needs are and why. They have to understand the why. So it's really important for you as a clinician to use really small steps. Demonstrate a new technique that you are trying to enforce as a new habit. Be sure that things that you provide them are self-pacing. 
only give the patient what they can handle or something that you think that they can successfully apply at home after they leave the office. You also wanna make sure that you are providing active participation with your patient. Once you demonstrate a technique, ask the patient to show you that new technique so that you can evaluate whether or not they understood you. You don't want them to go in the wrong direction at home when they're working on things. And before you even embark on something new, evaluate whether or not your patient is ready for you to add something to their home care routine. You don't wanna overwhelm your patient because you never know when you'll see them next. They may see another provider or they may move or see someone else. So make sure that you stop at a place that is a good pace for them, that are, is a small enough step that they can be successful, and it's something that you know that, that you've demonstrated and they've, they've also demonstrated successfully. You wanna make sure that you are using positive statements and putting the positive statements first. Offer reassurance to your patient and when you communicate, communicate so that you're on the same playing field. You are eye to eye and knee to knee to your patient and you are having a relationship, listening and speaking conversation. Keep your voice low and instructional. You want it to be very personal with your patient and listen to your patient's needs as you provide them with some of these home care instructions. It's always important to ask permission of your patient when you are providing any counseling techniques or changes in their habits because patients have a difficult time changing a behavior that you have enforced for a long, long time and now they are being asked to change. There are six steps involved in the learning ladder, how we learn something, the way that our brains work. And when we are providing home care instructions and we are beginning to help a patient learn about oral health and what their needs are, you want to determine where the patient stands on that learning ladder before you begin providing them guidance and instruction. Learning takes place in small steps. And if you picture the learning ladder as starting at a level of unawareness where your patient has no idea, no concept that they have any kind of dental health issue, whether it's periodontal infection or a high caries risk. And they also have a complete unawareness on how they would go about preventing or controlling that issue. The next step in the learning ladder is awareness. At this step, the patient has been provided with the information. We've done a caries risk assessment and we've determined that they have a really high caries risk. Or we've provided the patient with their staging and grading and let them know that they have periodontal disease. And this might be the first time this patient is hearing this information. So awareness is that next layer on the learning ladder. The patient is provided with information and they're afforded the opportunity to ask questions, to listen, to gather information, and to understand what all of this means in regard to their oral health. When we move them to a level of awareness, they now have knowledge, but they don't necessarily apply the facts to that personal action step that they need to take. Self-interest is the next rung on the ladder, and that is the realization of the application of the facts 
to the well-being, and that is an initial motivation. So what does that really mean? That means that you have brought your patient to a level of awareness, and now they've figured out that there's something that they can do to improve their life. Oh, if I take care of my teeth, I won't have bad breath. Oh, my teeth will look whiter if I brush them. So that self-actualization that they can attribute their actions to the fulfillment of their needs in their life. Involvement is a response to the action and there's attitude and influence involved. Now, action is the fifth step on the ladder and that has increased awareness that health goals are possible to attain so you can achieve your goal of creating that habit because now you have an action plan that you've put together. And then the final step in the learning ladder is habit. And this is when practice becomes part of the daily routine. And when it comes to oral health and good instruction, these are the things we walk our patient through. This is the process we walk our patient through, and this is identified and documented in your clinical notes so that you can easily identify where your patient is on the process of the learning ladder. So it will help guide you on how to approach your patient when you are implementing a change or supporting an effort in the process of changing a behavior. In understanding the learning ladder and, and also in understanding the elements of good instruction, it's important to know why, when, and what, right? So why you do the teaching, why you're teaching and understanding your patient, because you wanna see changes in their behavior and improvement in their oral health. Now let's talk about when to teach them. It is important to offer changes in behavior before you do any scaling treatments on your patient. This provides you an opportunity to put emphasis on the importance of self-care, to not be rushing to fit it in at the end of an appointment. At that time, the patient is really not sensitive because of instrumentation and there's no red stuff inside their mouth, maybe if you show the mouth mirror, right? So they haven't had any scaling done. So everything is still as they came in. And the patient can be a little bit more receptive to instruction if it's before you do any scaling treatments. Now you wanna make sure that when you're talking about what to teach your patient, that it is personalized. And you also want to keep the instruction really simple. Customize it to your specific patient. If your patient has periodontal disease, then what you're teaching them should have an impact on their periodontal disease state. If your patient has caries issues, then what you're teaching them should have an impact on their caries issues. Show the patient the problem and compare it to a healthy area so that they can see what something should look like versus what it does look like. It's important that you take really baby steps in what you teach your patient. Describe things like biofilm, the formation and composition, how it relates to oral disease, if that's what they have as an issue. Remember, you're providing an overview of biofilm control and you're using words that they understand. You're keeping all dental terminology out of the conversation. You want to evaluate the areas in the patient's mouth with the mirror so the patient can also see what you're talking about or even the intraoral camera, that's fine as well.
follow the elements of good instruction and home care guidelines so that you're keeping instructions simple and straightforward, keeping that Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the learning ladder in the forefront of your mind when you're developing a plan for instruction. Now, what are the elements of good instruction? You want to have active participation. That means that the learner does something with each new piece of information. For example, did you see that area of dark pink after I used the disclosing solution on you? The second element of good instruction is positive feedback. Start with positive and give immediate feedback. You are doing a great job cleaning your front teeth. So let's focus a little more on the back areas. Remember I said small steps. You want to present instruction in amounts that the learner can handle at one time. Imagine if I taught you everything you needed to know in one of my courses on the first day. Whew, that would be really overwhelming. You want to present instruction in amounts that the patient can handle. And remember, this depends on lots of factors. How old the patient is, what time of day their appointment is, what they're interested in, what their goals are, what their dexterity level is, what their pressing issues are. So small steps is catered specifically to the patient. Self-pacing means that the patient learns at their own pace and they should feel confident before you throw another skill at them. So be sure that you evaluate their effectiveness on something that you've taught them before you add to that. Now, just because a patient has done something once or twice doesn't mean they've learned it. You want to adjust the rate in which you introduce new things to their level of learning and understanding. Another element of good instruction is keeping things in lay terms. And it is so hard once you've learned dental terminology to not slip a dental term in there once or twice throughout a conversation. But I assure you, you will lose your patient in the process of learning if you do that. Keeping it super simple for them and keeping lay terms so that they don't lose the communication piece and understanding of what you're trying to convey for important information. And the last element of good instruction is an observable demonstration in the patient's mouth by both the patient and by yourself. So you want to show, tell, do, right? You want to show the patient what you're talking about and how you want them to do something. You want to tell them about it and the benefits, and then you want them to do it back to you so that you can provide them with positive feedback or alterations. You always want to make sure before you implement any new thing, evaluate whether or not your patient is ready for additional instruction. You don't want to overwhelm your patient because that might be the last time that you're treating them. Use lots of positive statements first, then offer reassurance. Always record and document your home care instructions in your clinical notes so that you can follow the process through the learning ladder for your patient. And sometimes it's really important to provide your patient with something to take home that also gives them instruction. Some patients just do not comprehend and absorb information in the dental setting. And so those types of learners, you're going to show them, instruct them, and get feedback from them in the chair. But then you're going to give them either a brochure or something to take home that shows your recommendations and process so that they can look at it at another time when maybe they have less anxiety or they're not stressed about being in the dental setting. 
you have to kind of close the loop on that situation so that your patient can use that information later. And sometimes that's the key difference for certain patients. Always give them something to take home that they can reference. Don't give up on yourself as you work through this process. It's difficult. And every patient and every situation is challenging and, and different. Trying to talk to a patient about tobacco cessation can feel really awkward at first when you're doing it. The best advice I can give you when you are delivering a change in behavior for your patient is to know what your intentions are. If your intentions are good, what you say will come across in a mindful and meaningful way. Be kind to your patient and be patient with their learning. That's all I have to say, but keep working to get better at it. It does take quite some time to feel comfortable providing your patients with motivation, meeting their needs, and moving them forward in the direction of good home care. Good luck, guys. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.